0: Last week, I decided to stop drinking coffee. This wasn't for a Lenten discipline, but simply because I was drinking too much, and I was still tired, and uh, I needed to reform. I, I started off just drinking a little bit years and years and years ago. And uh, then I got to where I was like drinking a pot a day, and then I cut back a little more, and I was just drinking too much, and I finally thought, this will not do. I need to just stop and see how I manage without it. And I did pretty well until the towards the end of the week, and thought it's going to be a late night, just one cup in the afternoon. And I finally thought, okay, they tell us that we're supposed to say that I can do thing, all I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Okay, Lord, I can do all things through You who strengthens me. And I wasn't tired anymore. And uh, you know that prayer actually was answered, and I felt great. So I thought, okay. Um, To everyone who I may think that giving up Diet Coke and chocolate was stupid during Lent, forget it. Um, It really, it's actually quite a good thing if it can bring you to that point of saying, I can do all things through God who strengthens me and getting through it and and putting more faith and trust in God. But uh, that, that thought of this will not do, that's that thought that Jesus had as he walked into the temple. Now, if you were to pick up any Bible that has a little, little, little section headings that people have added into them, my guess is every Bible you pick up would say what about this passage? Okay, that's too. Darn, that one failed. I was thinking Jesus cleanses the temple. Um, Jesus drives the money changers from the temple. Jesus cleanses the temple. Um, he's not cleansing the temple. He's reforming. He saw this and thought this will not do. Now, the practice of changing out your money was an okay practice. It was the idea that we're going to use, we're not going to use Roman money, this from this opposing nation. We're not going to use Roman money to give our time to the temple. We're going to use Hebrew money. So they had to change out money, just like currency exchange, just like we do when we go to another country challenge was probably a little bit too much under the table that some folks were getting. The other challenge was with the animals. Now, you were supposed to bring animals to sacrifice, and if your animal on the long journey to get to the temple was no longer a sufficient sacrifice, it had been marred and blemished and wasn't the best that you had anymore, well, then you were supposed to change it out for a really good one. It seems, though, that they were just selling now. I don't have an animal, what can I give you here? Here's ten bucks, give me something. Turtle dove. great. That's only eight bucks, even better. I uh, have a feeling it was a little more like that at this point. Not to mention the fact that for centuries the prophets had been saying, through the word of God, quit with all the animal sacrifice. I don't want that stuff. I want your hearts. And yet they were still coming and giving ten bucks so they could get a turtle dove. And sacrifice it on the altar. And Jesus said, This will not do. And so he brought about this temple reform. People were mighty upset about it, but it was necessary reform. There was always, I mean, with things that started in a good practice for the people, but it seems to have run its course and was now. So I was thinking about what in our life, in our church life, needs reform. And I've been reading a book uh, that for a long time we've been talking in the diocese and just church talk in general about uh, the church is not a building and needing to go out and live our church lives, our lives as disciples of Jesus, beyond the walls. And yet so much of what we do is still only focused inside, in our, our way of life, is very much focused inside. And um, the bishop, Bishop Doyle, brought to clergy conference a gentleman named Caesar Kalinowski, um, who introduced this book to us, about, he says, transformed, a new way of being Christian. It's actually an old way of being Christian, as he points out, um, although it feels kind of new in the, twenty second 22nd, 21st, what century is it? Whichever one it is. Twenty-first century. There we go. The cock move forward, it's all in our my brain's not working. But he talked about talks about how we live as Christians seven days a week. And thinking about his own life, growing up as a Christian and and being becoming a Christian, thinking, What's changed? And he wrote, We generally looking at just People in general, wrote, We generally continue to live our Christian version of the American dream with a little church attendance thrown in on Sundays and maybe the weekly Bible study when it hits our schedule. It turns out that for many of us, our conversion was really focused on our afterlife, going to a heaven and avoiding hell. It has little effect on our lives in the here and now. What happened to being new creations? And why don't we, as the church now, experience life more in line? Of what we read in Acts two, and that's what I see. We were talking about why don't this my my generation and younger? Why don't they come to church? I think a lot of it is tied to that. It's kind of done, right? They've been baptized and they go to heaven. So, why come to church? Um, And the idea of this really having a huge meaning and impact and effect in our daily lives here and now has been kinda of lost and over the years. It used to be known and understood, but somehow it's been lost. So he writes about being a new this new identity, which is really an old identity. He writes The church is not a building. The church is people. The church has always been a sense people Jesus never intended that we primarily find our Christian life and expression through a one-to-two-hour service once a week inside a building. We have the other six days and 22 hours each week to live out our identity as His missionary family. Jesus' command to go and make disciples was not a, uh, was not a suggestion. He would have us incarnate his mission out in the world, in neighborhoods, offices, gyms, parks, and so on, to show what he is like and to share the gospel by both our life's display and our words. They aren't much for those, but they're all like God. And so he writes about this way of life, this way of being, where they have these various practices of food and fellowship and service and others. And they live this out in very natural ways. They still have the big church building where they all come and worship on Sundays. And then they also gather in these what he calls missional communities, where they gather with other folks from their church, households, together. So in in addition to the large, 100, 200-person church, there's also these, within that, a bunch of eight and ten-people churches where households come together. And they'll have regular meals together. And they'll pray together. And when someone's in need, they don't call the 200-person church. They say to their little eight-person, several-household group, missional community, what can we do about this? How can we help this? Our our neighbor needs something. How can we help? And they'll come together and pray about it. And it make a difference in that person's life. Seems like the church that Jesus envisioned, where we really are living out his life as disciples, as servants, as missionaries every day of our life. So that's what we're going to be doing. We said that we are a beacon to the community, and we are all individually beacons to the community as well. So we're starting a study on this book. Sunday, in two weeks on Sunday morning, I ordered seven of them, because that's about how many are usually at our Sunday morning class. Then after Easter, we're going to start doing a small group study. like we've been doing the small groups of the Daniel Plan, but these will be, if people want to do it here, lovely. If they want to go to their homes, if they want to meet in a coffee shop, if they want to meet anywhere in the world they want to meet, whatever time, we'll have leaders signed up to help facilitate There are questions at the end of each chapter. It's very easy. But study this book and study his work of this new way of being. Because how we are now just won't do. We need also to be doing what he describes here. This new way. And he says it's not really doing, it's really being. It's living out our life as Jesus' disciples and being who we are as Jesus' disciples. And it is difficult. It may even sound daunting. But remember, we can do all things through God who strengthens us. Amen.